Thank you for tuning in to the Claws Out Comedy Podcast. This is Mana. I am back with my co-host, Carrie Smith. You can find Claws Out Comedy on Instagram at clawsoutcomedy.com and YouTube. Like and subscribe. Today we're going to be talking about, uh, what do you want to talk about? I think we should talk about, okay, here's something that I want to talk about is relationships and fighting. Um, okay. I just feel like, okay, here's the thing. Like, I've just been thinking about in quarantine a lot. Uh, I was doing a lot of journaling and, um, and I was just trying to like going back and like thinking about things in my like life and like why I am the way I am in relationships and like, uh, 2020 it's like one, when you're in quarantine and you're single and I know you're not single. Um, but it's just, you had to dash their hopes so early, didn't you? I'm so sorry. I mean, you're <laughs> no, you're not married. That's true. I'm not married. There's not a ring on this finger. You know, people have started saying that Ian's my fiance, which I think is so funny. I think I'm just going to stop correcting them and see how he reacts. Especially because like he was in the hospital a few weeks ago because uh, my boyfriend was shitting blood for eight hours, but he thought he could man up and walk it off. But we ended up in the hospital because he had a GI bleed. He's fine. But the entire time that he was in there, they were like, well, your fiance just went into surgery. I was like, oh, did he? <laughs> tell him that his fiance says. <laughs> I was like, right, just suggest it to him while he's on morphine. See what he says. Well, maybe that was like also like, the, you know, it's like in sleep. What, what's that? While you were sleeping or something with Sandra Bullock. And or were you going to say sleepless in Seattle? Because that's a super different movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to. Thanks. This episode <laughs> is brought to you by Saturday Home. It's for not people without homes. And. <laughs> <laughs> Sutter home for people that rent or don't. Honestly, I got these at a gas station because they were on sale and I needed something for today. Because um, I don't really drink much anymore. I still drink wine, though, right? I was raised Catholic. That doesn't count. You can't breathalyze the blood of Christ. Uh, but I thought, you know, Sutter home gutter bitch. I'll be a Sutter home gutter bitch. I love that. I'd gutter, love to- gutter bitch wine. <laughs> that's, that's our next endeavor where you go from the podcast to being Vinter's. We're going to quit the podcast immediately, and we, uh, we're we going to own a vineyard now. I'm going to Lubbock, Texas to start. They have a big wine boom, actually, out there, so it's like the big, they're like, it's the next Napa, and I was like, no, it's fucking not, but. <laughs> well, not with that attitude. Shit's good. They're like, we make great blends, and I'm like, because you make shitty, like, whatevers and whatevers, and now we blend it, and it, this is a great blend. Like, mm-hmm, yep, we just, I blend shit all the time. Like, the, I have half of a, you know, I can't get a full glass from what I have left in my empty bottles. Now I have a blend. Well, speaking of glasses and glasses half empty, uh, <laughs> did I just project that on you? I might have. Um, you want to talk about fighting in relationships. I never saw my parents fight. Did you? Me either. No. My parents had this thing where uh, they were like, Okay, my dad would always say this thing. He goes, um, uh, I chose my wife. I didn't choose you. I can have other children. So basically. Wait, I'm sorry. What? So their thing was, was that they were, they were a unit and children were secondary. So fucking come at me or my wife, I'll kill you. I can have other kids. Which was the thing he would say, <laughs> and uh, so, but so, so as, no wonder you're so well adjusted. Yeah. So in keeping with that, because you know, be a man of your word, they would go into the bedroom and argue. So they would never argue in front of us as like a rule. So they didn't look like they were ever divided. So one of the children could 
go to the <laughs> to usurp the power yes. so there couldn't be a coup right so they always stayed as a unit so they would fight in private and then they i would find them in the kitchen usually like 30 minutes later making out which was gross because they were old mm. but it was really sweet actually i mean but they had they i think my dad was like a super angry rage italian man who is deaf in one ear so he was just like screaming at you and it was just all he's asking you to do is pass the salt and my mom uh she had because she like was a uh you know certified counselor social worker uh was like um if you can't behave or regulate your emotions you can't participate in the family so basically <laughs> if you act like an asshole go in the other room, you can rejoin the group or you can sit with us and have dinner with us. So your mom laid down the law. Oh, she would do, they would do crazy. Like one time he made a big purchase without consulting her. So she went and bought an entire new living room and he was like, we can't afford it. And she's like, if you think that we have to return it, we can't afford it. Either your fucking watch goes back or you can load up all this fucking couch and furniture and da 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 and take it back. And he was just like, I guess I'll turn the watch. What a... What a bad pitch move, but also that seems like a lot of extra effort to just get somebody to return a watch. Yeah, I heard some crazy stories about my mom recently. Like one of her, her, my godmother, her best friend, uh, told a story about how my mom was supposed to go on a on a on a like boat trip when she was a cruise. A cruise. A cruise. Well, she was she was on this man's boat, and they were supposed to go sailing for two weeks. And forty five minutes into the trip, she gets a call. And she says, uh, Helen, who is my godmother, she goes, come get me. She's like, okay, I'll meet you at the at the marina. She goes, no, no, meet me at this bridge. And she just sees my mom. And the marina is like 10 miles away. So that's like, you know, 20 I minutes. I want to tell you that if, if, you're, if you ever call me to come meet you on a bridge, I will. Thank you. I'll assume I'll it's a suicide pact, but I'll come and help you anyway. <laughs> well, so what she did was she just sees my mom. She parks at the bridge. She's waiting. And she just sees the boat come in. And she just sees my mom go like this and then fucking jump off the boat <laughs> and swim to the shore. And she goes, what about your stuff? She goes, I don't need it. I don't need it. Let's go. Let's go. And she's just like, fuck that guy. He's crazy. And so she's like, I'd rather jump into the ocean and swim like a mile to get to shore than be around this dick. And I was like, that's crazy. I respect it so much though. I do that. I, that is my, that is my relationship. She literally style. jumped ship. Yeah. She literally jumped ship. That's so funny. So, okay. So do you think that when you're in a relationship, so what is your like, okay. So as far as like your history, cause mine is avoidant. I'm like, somebody gets attached. I'm like, no thanks. And I just ghost and disappear. I used to be that way, but now, okay. So what was your like, okay. So you're, you're grown up now. I am an adult. I pay taxes kind of. for anyone who asks. <laughs> if the IRS is watching, I pay taxes. So what do you yeah. like? So what's your, uh, what's your thing? Like, so like arguing in relationships, you didn't see your parents fight. I never saw How'd you fight? learn how to fight girl? I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't think I did learn how to fight. I think that's where a lot of my problems come from. Cause like I never fought with my ex, um, which now I know is like a red flag. Cause sometimes never fighting is bad. Like fighting all of the time isn't good, but never fighting is also not good because it means you don't care enough to I, have a fight, right? I would agree with that. I would say because like my my ex was very cool with me hanging out with attractive, funny comics all the time. I'm like, you should you should care a little. <laughs> like there's there's healthy jealousy, right? Like what I have is not healthy jealousy, but it does exist. <laughs> you should want to know who your your girlfriend's around all the time. So like he just 
kind of let me do whatever I wanted to do. And that's not healthy either. But like currently, I think I get a lot of anxiety because I've attached myself to the idea of never go to bed angry. Like, I don't even think, I don't even think that's a thing that my parents or grandparents said, but I've, I've attached myself to it. And so I get this anxiety of like, oh, it's getting closer to midnight and the problem is it's solved. The problem's not going to be solved. And then we're not going to be together anymore. And then I freak out. Why do you think that? Like, I don't understand that. Never go to bed angry. That's, I, that's what like old people have always said is like their key to that happy long marriage, right? Is never go to bed angry. And like my boyfriend is very like, I'll go to bed angry and then I'll get over it. I but I don't, that. but I don't have that in my head. I go, no, if you go to bed angry, then you're going to leave me. Like, I think, I think if people go to bed angry, they wake up with plans and like, like plane tickets and a packed like exit route. That's what I think. Okay. Which I know is not correct or healthy, but that's what I seem to have attached on to because I didn't learn how to fight. Um, so I was learning about, um, attachment disorders and that sounds like, stop researching me. And it's just Pinterest. I just Pinterest my problems. My entire personality can be, uh, dissected on Pinterest though. So Go no, on. I feel like uh, it's so great as far as mental health stuff. Cause that's just like, I'm like, I had that. I had that. Oh, plaid. Like, it's just, it's weird. <laughs> like where it's just like, uh, but, uh, so I was, I was, re- I was learning about attachment disorder. Cause I was like, why? Am I an 87% uh, uh, attachment avoidant when it comes to relationships? So anyways, I did this whole work, but it's, there's anxiety. So like, uh, like destroying things because you're afraid they'll leave. So you're in control of that. Yeah. So like never going to bed angry. I don't, I just don't get that because I'm like, I am a, uh, no, I I don't want to deal with that person. So I just. I'm going to go to sleep and then we're never going to talk about it. See, and I'm like, if we don't talk about it now, then it's going to fester and then it'll be horrible. But in that process, I'm, I'm making it worse in the moment. <laughs> mm. Okay. So what's the craziest thing you've ever done in a fight? The craziest thing I've ever done in a fight? Like with a, with a, not like when you're fighting bitches in the street, like a fight with like a, with a, with a, <laughs> well, with a loving partner. First off, incredibly flattering that you think I might've fought bitches in the suite, in the street at some point. <laughs> I just imagine you doing karate out in, out in Fort Worth. <laughs> just, yes. Just a lot of high kicks to get my feelings out. Just like, <laughs> for a short like person. Like a footloose can, dance. For a short person, you can kick really high. You get really into capoeira. That's true. I can. Uh, that's the alarm that says I don't have to answer your question. Oh. <laughs> yeah, what's the craziest thing I've ever done? If I, um, I think probably like throwing stuff or breaking stuff. Okay. is probably my, my craziest thing I've ever done in a fight. Mm. Like I... Uh, I had a fight with a boyfriend and I just decided in my head, like, I'm going to throw everything that's on the table, which I think is because when I was a child and I'd get put in timeout, like, uh, they told me I couldn't move from the chair and I was a little shithead. So I'd be like, okay, I won't move from the chair, but loopholes, I would throw everything I could reach around me. Okay, sure. So it's like, I'm in timeout, but I'm going to throw stuff for attention to make you remember that I am here. So I think that's why I throw stuff in relationships because I am a child. Got it. And like, I never had the I, developmental process of we fight differently and I never saw anybody else fight differently. I want you to know you're not doing anything wrong. Thank you. You're welcome. That's why you're here. <laughs> uh, Tell me more how I'm not doing anything wrong. <laughs> well, like when I was a kid and I was put in timeout, uh, it was, I would, I would cry or throw a fit. And again, back to the whole policy in our house. If you can't regulate your emotions, get the fuck out, come back when you can. Uh, so in my head, uh, I would be, so I was like, nobody cares about me. So I'd be crying or throwing a fit. And the uh, response I would get is, 
go in the other room. No one wants to see it. So then I would press my see, face. But then I would always get attention and go, okay, we'll come out and watch the movie with us. No, mine was, my parents would fold. No, mine were like, go away. No one wants to see it. And so then I'd press my face against the glass and I would just, no, well, they go, nobody wants to hear it. So they send me to the other room. So then I press so my face see it. and then I'd just be crying with my face in like this little window. And then they're like, nobody wants to see it either. And so then they'd send me to a further <laughs> away room. And then that's when I learned just lock your emotions away. Uh, and so like mine is, because uh, no one wants to see her because it. no one wants to see or hear your bullshit, Carrie. And I was like, you're right. My feelings are bullshit and they don't matter. Uh, and so it turns out actually it was, uh, we don't negotiate with terrorists. It's their policy. <laughs> so so mine was like, I'm upset. Why everyone stop what they're doing? I'm upset. And they were just like, no. Um, and so in relationships, mine was, I'm never going to talk about my feelings. I'm never going to talk about my feelings. I'm never going to talk about my feelings. And I would either, uh, flight is my first response, which is, A I'm classic. Gonna, which is, I'm not going to say anything to you. I go into the room, I pack my shit and then I leave. And then they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm angry. And they're like, about what? I'm like, uh, you're having sex with someone else? And they're like, well, why didn't you just say not to? And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, not my bad. I have uh, flight too. I leave. So there's that. But I, leave places. I also get pushed to the point where because I don't address any of my emotions, then I have rage outbursts that are hmm. way like, so I think when I was 23, I was fighting with a boyfriend and he kept saying to me, right. And he would cry all the time. So he was like allowed to express his feelings. And in my head, I was like, I'm not allowed to express that, my feelings. What's that song? Baby, you're a do right. But he's like, baby, you're a cry, right? <laughs> oh my God. I didn't, I, cry, I was right. resentful at the fact that he was able to express emotions and I wasn't. So like I'm drunk. And at one point uh, I get in the car, I start driving, uh, which uh, of course now I would never do. But at 23, I was like, I handle everything. And so rumplements was involved. Oh, it tastes like Christmas. It tastes like Christmas. Uh, I can't have rumplements anymore either. No. And so <laughs> even saying it makes my stomach race. So, uh, so then I get in the car, I'm driving down the highway and this is like horrible, horrible. And so I'm driving down the highway. I keep accelerating. He keeps crying. And then I say, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to drive us both into a real, into a guardrail and kill us both. And then he was like, okay. So then he goes quiet. Then we get to his house. He keeps saying, right. And then I pick up the TV and I say, if you don't get away from me, I'm going to smash your television. And he was just like, whoa, what are you so mad about? And I said, don't say right. <laughs> like, and he was just like, okay. And then we got locked after this fight. I was like, we're done. It's over. I'm never going to see you again. And I slept, slept on the couch. And then I went to flight the next morning to sneak out. And I look and it was a snowstorm had happened overnight. Oh my God. And uh, we were locked in together for three days. He didn't have any food in his fridge. So we had to come together to forage. Wait, so did you live in Indiana at this time? No, this is here in Texas. Is this just like, okay, this is like almost, is it 2014? Something like that. So when I moved here, there was a giant ice storm and I was so angry about it because I'm from Indiana and I was like, I, I left to, I thought bigger, better things. And I had sold every sweater I had. So I was like, Texas sunshine i'm gonna be just fine wearing tank tops and living a brand new life not florida i'm gonna get a i'm gonna get a segue uh <laughs> i had different dreams when i moved here but yeah no. segue. texas is a big state i just imagine you out there doing your karate on your Segway. i might be more successful now if i had followed that dream but here we are <laughs> drinking gutter wine gutter sutter wine sutter home if they are interested in sponsoring us they're not um but anyway uh i had a similar experience when i lived in indiana i had the relationship the relationship talk with a guy that I was dating 
I was decided, I was like, now is the night. Like I see him like every night we eat together, we dine, we break bread, like we're dating. That's so, so Italian, we break bread. <laughs> I am very Italian. I talk with my hands and bread defines who I am as a person. So I, I had to talk with him and he was like, oh, I hear you, no. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, <laughs> me neither. Um, so we decided that we weren't going to date anybody. And we definitely weren't going to date each other. And so I was like, okay, well, bye forever. Flight, right? And then as I was walking out to my car, I had a panic attack because I couldn't get my key to turn. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then, uh, like, I could not get my key to turn because my car had iced over because it was so cold. So this is really – this is really – a lesson to check the weather before you have relationship talks because I had to go back in and be like, Hey Ryan, this is real name. Doesn't matter. Uh, Hey Ryan, um, can you get, I'd love to leave you forever. Like we talked about, but can you get my car open so that I can go? Can you help me? And so then he stood outside with like a lighter, like we were both invested in me leaving, but it wasn't working. And he was like, well, I guess you can just stay over. And I was like, no, I don't want to. And he's like, where are you going to go? I was like, yeah, okay. And so <laughs> I slept on his couch and I read all of Tina Fey's bossy pants. Cause he's like, you can just sleep in the bed with me. I was like, no, I can't. Also bossy pants is such a good book. It's such a good book. I laughed out loud. I almost every single page. Did you know that Tina Fey was the first female head writer on SNL? I did know that. Yeah. Uh, but awesome. I, I still think of a, the story where she talks about when did you first realize you're a woman and it was all these women talking about men yelling shit uh shit at them from cars and she was 13 walking home from the aquarium and they say this guy drives by and she's and he says nice tits and she's she's 13 and she yells back suck my dick <laughs> so hell like, yeah what yeah. an icon destined for greatness so uh in relationship talks it is important to check the weather first and don't start relationships we're <laughs> in not relationships right in the win times. in the winter that's if you say right more than three times in an argument, you're wrong. Don't just don't just right, right, right. right. You passive aggressive little bitch. Don't make me be aggressive with your passive aggression because I can't. You can't passive. That's too magnet. It's like you know, to north magnets, to south magnet. You can't passive aggressive and passive aggressive. That well, sounds like you're very much like your mother. Where that's you lady go, on okay, lady. I'm gonna shut it down now. <laughs> You don't get to eat with the family. You get to, what did you say? You don't get to participate in the family now. If you, yeah, you cannot, you cannot participate in the family if you can't regulate. We don't want to see it or hear it. Take your emotions elsewhere, you damn terrorist. So that's how I learned to shut down all of my feelings until they explode. And you know what helps with that? Sutter Home Wine. You know what we should do right now? Take a break. I think we should take a break. <laughs> I think that's probably best for all of us to just let's fly a break. We're going to flight now. Well, I'm very excited to say that we do have a very special guest here today. We have Michelle Miller. Michelle is a new comic and she is one of the most talented, naturally funny people I've ever seen come through an open mic. She is so funny. And she was on the last show with, at the Improv with us. She was. I saw you at the, for the first time at the show at the Improv. Killed it. Delightful. So you got to see the fall. Refreshing. You, you did. Lawrence you fell on the stage. You had a Jennifer Lawrence moment. It was nice. Well, but, you look very, you had a cute dress on. You're just, you know, very. Um, look cute, feel cute. That's how, that's my motto. How did you feel about it? 
It was not the fun fall being the back. <laughs> not the fall, the actual set. Um, I loved the show. The show was great. It was nice to be back on stage and to like get to, because I haven't done a show or even been on stage since the show that we had in Denton back in March. What did we do in Denton? Uh, the She Rock Festival. Oh, we did. We had the She Rock Festival. Yeah. Claws out that was, was the last time I was on stage. And so I was very nervous. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, but you killed it. You were great. So today we were. How do my jokes work better if they're about quarantine? (laughs) Keep it topical. Keep it topical and relevant. (laughs) Or you don't want to talk about shit from 2019. Because it's like, it's old news. That's our old life. We need to talk about the simulation that we're all living in right now. Um, (laughs) Are we? No. This is, this is very much, uh, I feel like we're going to, we're going to get. Do you think we live in a simulation, Michelle? Um, I do not. Can you I've prove that we don't? Try to convince me of it. Can you prove that we don't? No, but I'm not very good at science. Thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into comedy, Michelle? I only know because um, you came to you came to my open mic one night, and I said, "Who is she?" <gasps> yeah, it was because I was wearing a super cute outfit. Um, she was it was silver she was like a I like the idea shiny disco ball if that was the response it was like I was wearing a really cute outfit so I just went to an open mic and got on stage so I just was like let's go see Joe um no I uh I had started hosting trivia a million years ago and multiple people would come up and tell me you know just in conversation you should do comedy you should do stand-up we want to see you do stand-up and I was like no no thank you I was like I'm conversationally (laughs) funny there's a difference and um I made it my 2019 goal to get on stage and do an open mic finally. I figured I'd had enough bad dating experiences that I could come I could cobble together like two minutes. That was my goal. What was your first uh, open mic? And my girlfriend of mine, I, she texted me and she said, what do you know about this open mic at Twilight? I was like, I don't know, but I've been thinking about going. And so we decided we'd check it out twice and then force ourselves to go up. And now here we are. That's the, that's the open mic that I was running. That is true. Before, before yeah, yeah, quarantine, yeah. I ran the shut the fuck up open mic <laughs> at Twilight Lounge. <laughs> that's awesome. That is where I met you. You also came to the uh, Vulgarity for Charity event that we did there. I did. Yeah. That's a good charity. It is a good charity. Um, we haven't talked about that on the show yet. I feel like we could take a second to say uh, Vulgarity for Charity is where if you buy any merch from us, uh, we give a percentage of vulgarity for charity. It is to help people who've been left behind by loved ones who have committed suicide. Uh, it's very easy for us to say, don't ever do it. And like, there's a lot of, there are a lot of resources for suicide prevention, but there are not a lot of uh, resources to help the people who've been left behind in the unfortunate aftermath. Yeah. So we get so positive focusing on uh, what you shouldn't do and what should happen that we have left a gap of people kind of in the wind. So that is where I first met you was at the Vulgarity for Charity event. Yeah. Um, I love that you do comedy now though. Like the first time that I ever saw you on stage, you were so funny. Well, thank you. I tried to just be who I am and not, you know, I'm just naturally charismatic and it's hard to hide it. <laughs> You're just the baddest bitch naturally. It's very hard. Well, I think I, I kind of had a journey on stage. So how long have you been doing comedy now? A year and a yeah. half, maybe. I think the first open mic I did was March of last year. She's so good for a year and a half. That's, That's stupid. The, well, the fact <laughs> that like you're doing like full sets at the improv in under two years. Like I always say, as far as like the comedy journey, uh, I think the like one of the things is is like two years in, you hit a mark where it's um, like I always come. Exp- 
the journey of comedy is like the five stages of grief. The journey of comedy (laughs) being described by Carrie Smith is stupid because tell everybody what your first show was. No. Yes. Okay. Well, that's different. And again, there's exceptions. So like. (laughs) Get there before. Get off your soapbox. Okay. So my. Okay. So I. Mine is an exception where, yeah, my first show, uh, I got to do the improv and I opened and it was like 350 people and it was opening for Carlos Mencia. Okay. And, and here's the thing is I bombed. I ate shit. I was terrible. And then I was like, I did it. I'm a comedian. And I lived in this delusion and year two, I finally went, uh, I'm not funny and I'm not charismatic and I actually have to work to get to being funny. And so like by year two, I was like, I was living in a fantasy and delusions and like, you know, not able to admit like, you can't just go on stage and talk about boogers and then people love you. And so um, that's not going to happen. You can't if you're cute enough. To be, and that's to the thing, be fair, you I don't feel like, and, and yeah. to the exception. I'm not booger cute. I, I can't do exceptions, You're not booger. <laughs> exceptions booger to the cute. rule. I would say by year two, that doesn't, that's not happening for you because you were yeah. so already likable and polished and, uh, and crafted. And so like yeah. seeing that is like, uh, that's awesome. Like, I'm just, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, how do you feel? Yeah, I'd be here. I don't know if I would be in this place if I hadn't met Mona. Like Mana is really good at nurturing young comedians mm-hmm. and still yeah, like, like a, what, what's a still being a bad bitch, but she's really nice. And she's like, Hey, this joke would be funnier if you said this. And then she'll just walk away into a crowd. And <laughs> she's, I, I like the idea of Mana being a comedy madam where she's like, Hey, sugar, a madam, yes. come on, sugar. Come on in, baby. Needs more feather she's boas. Doing, yeah. That, that song from Chicago with Queen Latifah, but it's like, if you're good to Mana, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's, I mean, that's what it's like for everyone, right? It's not. I don't need this. I don't need I this feel public. Like in in the comedy brothel, like your your mama. I'm like the 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 bitter the bitter. Once was an ingenue. Now I'm like, oh, this new girl, huh? Okay, <laughs> got a new girl coming in. Well, uh, she doesn't do what. Oh, she does do what I do. Okay, fine. Well, You're not going to kick me out, are you? Well, Michelle <laughs> has a very unique experience of starting comedy, getting a year in, getting gigs, and getting. Like kind of establishing a name for herself and mm-hmm. then quarantine hits, right? And then quarantine hits. Yeah, like right away, like as you're getting some steam. So yeah. what what do you think has been the hardest thing for you in your comedy journey so far? It could uh, be anything. It doesn't have to be the shutdown. It could be any part no, of it. No, the, probably the hardest thing was to, to not just keep getting on stage and saying the same words mm-hmm. over and over. Like you eventually have to realize that something worded this way, even though you really like the way it's worded, if nobody laughs at it, you can't just keep saying it that way and expect <laughs> people to laugh. This is why you're like, so it was really hard for me. It was hard for me to look at stuff that I had written and go, well, maybe that's not the best way to write that. And I still don't like doing that because I feel like I'm right all the time. See, but that's that. That self-awareness puts you ahead of so many people because so many guys, I ran four open mics before quarantine shut down and I would see so many people that would say the same words the exact same way every time go, crowd's wrong. It's not me. <laughs> it's not me. Crowd's oh, wrong. That's like my biggest thing is like my one of my biggest pet peeves in comedy is where it's like, 
like somebody insults the audience because they're like, oh, this joke's too smart for you guys. And I was like, it's not a fucking smart joke. It's a bad joke. That's why they didn't laugh. <laughs> That's just not good. Yeah, sorry, dude. So so why did you want to get into comedy though? Because I know you I know you said that you had some people that told you you'd be good at it, but there's something but ultimately you don't get into something because other people tell you you'd be good. You no, get into something because um, you think I, you might be good. My college degree, I have a degree in music performance. And so okay. I, I was very used to accustomed being on stage and, and doing that. And then I kind of went into being an accountant and no one paid attention to me anymore. <laughs> and then I started hosting trivia where I could force people to pay attention to me in a room full of people. And then I stopped hosting trivia and I had no reason to force people to pay attention to me anymore. <laughs> okay. And so that's kind of why I decided to do it. I was like, ah, karaoke's boring. Let's go find something else to do. And now here I am. And you notice that a lot of people that were in music gravitate towards stand up. And they, it's always a good transition. I mean, I wouldn't say like eh, always, but I feel like if you're already in that place, because music, almost like I compare doing stand-up, is almost like playing an instrument, only the instrument is an audience. My dick and your jokes are like a symphony. That's really, yeah, that's a really smart and way to put that. So if you I can, what? I said my dick jokes are like a symphony. <laughs> well, and music, while you can sit there and study the technical skill and, you know, notes and, and read music, there's still a natural instinct and you still have to have a natural yeah. rhythm. Like rhythm isn't something that can be taught. You have to have that natural. And so certain sounds like as a comic are certain instincts you have to have. And so naturally, I think musicians have already tuned that in something yeah. that's a very important craft to a dick joke craft, you know? So... Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, it does help you feel, you feel comfortable. And like my mom had even told me when I, I started playing clarinet when I was like 11. And my mom, I remember her telling me in junior high that I needed to learn how to be like Andy Kaufman and I could tell a joke and then play my clarinet and everybody would think it was funny. And now here we are, and I've yet to bring my clarinet out on stage. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would actually love. Is this a teaser for her bringing her clarinet out on stage? <laughs> Do you have your clarinet with you right now? No. Okay. So that, would be, that would be so cool, though, if it was like, because you know, like, so like J.R. Brown is from Austin. He, like, you know, plays guitar yeah. during his set and stuff. And you're just, although it's hard to do, I, it's a, but it's like how they do, like, I, I'm feeling like we might have a late night TV moment where she's like, no, you guys don't want to see that, do you? Because I brought you it. See you play my clarinet, do you? Wait, no, clar and it's another Jennifer way. Lawrence moment clarinet where you're just like, way. look at this talent that I have. You go, <laughs> okay. And it's like, da -da -da -da, like, I just picked this up the other so, day. Yeah. <laughs> I know you said that you got into comedy uh, because you had like all of these bad dating stories. Has comedy since you started affected your relationships in any kind of way? Um, not really. Um, okay. I, I'm pretty open about the fact that I, I date to have comedy fodder. <laughs> Um, I started Is that how you tell guy. men? You're a fucking prop, bro. You're fodder. <laughs> You're just material. I started seeing the, the guy who I'm, I'm still dating. I started seeing him in, like last September, and I had my first show with Mana in October. And uh, I was like, well, do you want to come out? He's like, you're not going to talk about me, are you? I was like, oh, you're not that important. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
no, no jokes about you yet. But he is the one who I have to call Pop Pop, so that's nice. That's so funny. She says she can't say say your joke. Say your joke. We posted oh, it on the calls uh, on our website. I've reached, on an age, I've reached an age where I can no longer call the man I date Daddy. I have to call him Pop Pop. That's amazing. Well, everything. I literally just spilled my coffee. I was just like, I'm <laughs> sure. he spit it out, and you should always swallow. <laughs> I'm so upset that this I forgot my I'm daddy me. hat. So I'm kicked out of the brothel. I feel like I, I could have had really my daddy nice hat. hat. It's wonderful. I'm glad we're starting to get our wish shipments again. We went a very yes. long time without getting anything. I have waited four months for my daddy hat to get here. And it was worth every painstaking checking of the mail. And sometimes they would like package things. Cause like my, my whole thing is like, wish is like my anti-suicide thing for myself. Cause like, cause I know me and I won't yeah. kill me if I have stickers in the mail. Like if I have presents coming, That's fun. right. So like, I'm always buying like little things for free or for a dollar shipping on wish.com. Cause they, they might get here in two weeks. They might never get here. You got to stay alive to see. It's always a surprise. You just you save so much home. money on therapy. Like you're like, I'm not going to kill myself. Cause I just ordered $4 worth of stickers. Wish.com. It's the better help. <laughs> <laughs> I did do better help for two months. It was very helpful, but uh, I got I got my daddy hat. It is delightful. I love the pop pop. I love pop. I need to get a pop pop hat now. That you've you've alerted me to a whole new demographic, <laughs> a whole new, so, whole new market. So we were talking earlier uh, about um, arguing in relationships. Mm-hmm. Has that ever brought any like uh, since with this with with pop pop? Have you gotten any? No. Like, well, we. Um, <laughs> We had our first fight. We went to quarantine Ikea and oh, um, we had our first fight. I don't remember what it was about. Wait, what we is looked it? at each other and went, oh, we just had our first fight. Aww. And I, I think it was about a kitchen utensil. I mean, I take my whisk seriously and apparently he does not. And we fought. You got to whisk it. What a piece of shit. The risk of the but whisk. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not a fighter. Like if something needs to, like if a fight is about to happen, I'm like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. We can just break up. I love like, so. Is that, this is avoid, right? This would be classified this, this as would avoidant. be avoidant. Uh, Mana is oh, anxious. absolutely. My therapist is spot on when she tells me that. <laughs> yeah, where it's no, thank you. Like we were talking about, she she was like bringing up like a like she's like a big proponent of the never go to bed angry, and I'm like I don't like that rule. I'm like mm-hmm. I'm going to sleep. Don't we don't have to talk about it. Let's just yeah. not. The, See, do you think, no, we don't I don't know. I latched. I latched on to. Because, like, in old movies and stuff, they always talk about, like, well, the secret. It's it's always a woman who sounds like she's drowning because when you reach a certain age, it sounds like you're just drowning, right? Always underwater. Well, we and my husband, uh, to keep our long and happy marriage, we, uh, we never go to bed angry. I don't know why. You're I very think. Italian in your tradition keeping. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I don't know why I think old people are British and drowning, but that's what I imagine, I guess, in my in my vocal impression. I'm not a, a voice actor like Carrie is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So you don't you don't believe in the never go to bed angry? Oh no, go to bed angry. It's fine. Okay, push it all down. Mm. Pay a therapist for it later. It's great. I had just never yeah, thought no, about. I, I, I'm just a not a fighter. Before. Like I I will break up with you before I'll fight with you. It just seems easier to me. Yeah, well, I think that there's part of it too where I'm like I I think that I I if I am a I I'm a, I'm you're a fighter. I'm a fighter. I'm a little I'm a little. A little scrappy. You're a fighter and a flighter. I'm definitely a flighter because I feel like I'm a big proponent of fight fair. And I know that once I do get into a fight, I'm I'm going to probably hit you and you won't get back up. And I don't want to do that to somebody I care about. So it's like, I don't want to sit there and just say everything about you that bothers me because it's it will be over. So it's better for me to just walk away 
because otherwise I'm going to go, you know what? Your penis is mediocre at best. At Frankly, that, on a good day. You start doing those quarterly <laughs> reviews they didn't ask for. <laughs> oh man. But I'm yeah. like, I've been sitting here with it, with it in my HR file. For way too long. Hi, Harry. And I've been crunching the numbers. I'm gonna open it up, and then I'm like, need to know fired." And then it was like, and then I, and then I'm sad, and I have to do all the work by myself um, because I've just basically destroyed a person. I. Ooh. So you mentioned that you, you mentioned very casually that you have a therapist. Do you you currently have a therapist? I um I found myself um very angry at an employer. And fired off, and I'm quitting my job. Text message at 3 a.m. Sure. And the guy that I was dating at the time, like, he goes, "What are you doing?" I go, "I'm quitting my job. Shut up!" And I'm just firing off this text message. And goes, "You think that's a great idea?" And goes, "Good as time as any." And realized the next morning when I woke up, I should probably have a therapist to talk to about. about what did stress. your employer say? Did they were they like, yeah? They, they didn't let me quit for another like ten months, and. Then I let my last day with them was like October, and it was fantastic. Oh, so I've you so you actually I didn't know that for ten months after I quit. So you actually had like your last day at work, and then like your first real comedy gig, like in the same amount <laughs> of time. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Like he, they were coming to pick up their files from the office that weekend because we had those shows. It's <laughs> fantastic. I love that for you. Um, how do you feel about therapy? Do you feel positively about it? How I do. You, I has love it been my, good for you during quarantine? Having having an empty box to just scream into for an hour to a month. Okay. I assume who, the empty box is the where you're doing it on the computer. Not you call your therapist an empty box. Like they're not. A, I mean, mean, that's a good point. To I clarify. didn't before, but I might now. <laughs> <laughs> my no, therapist no. is the pillow. I scream into in my car. <laughs> just scream into a pillow but for you, an you, hour. You a pay, week. you pay a person to listen to your feelings. Yeah, because oh, I feel really bad putting some of my feelings on my friends. Like, it's it's a lot. And so she gets to hear all the mom stuff. Oh, you have mommy issues? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I really initially wanted this podcast to be called Mommy Issues because because I feel like anybody that does comedy, you're going to have mommy issues. And, and, and daddy issues, anybody can have those. But mommy Those issues are, are, are special. They are special. Do you yeah. have a specific mommy issue you want to share? You don't I have mean, to. It's so hard to choose, right? She's asked me this question lot. before, too. There's the time she uh, sent me a message via Google chat that said that um, she should have breastfed me longer. If she had, I would have turned out better. Wow. That's a very heavy message to send over Google chat. Also, yeah. you said that, that she sent you a question. Like, what did she? Was she asking you that, or was she just like musing to herself to you? No, I think it was just like amusing. The message came through while I was hosting trivia one night, and it started to blink, and it was like, "You have a message from," and it was my mom, and I was like, "Oh, what does mom need to tell me that I would have been better had I latched on longer?" How long did you? Did she tell? Did she clarify how long you had breastfed? Not long enough. Is what she she said. She wasn't real clear. She blamed herself though, so that was good. Uh, that's sure. Honestly, that's I would I would prefer I would prefer moms do that if they if they're going to give you issues to yeah. to be like hold themselves accountable. Yeah, you know? it's all my fault. I'm a big fan of throwing it back. Well, I think Mana Mana like with your emotional problems. I'm not going to bring up your mommy issues because I feel like that's a whole episode, and I really want to get in there. Thank but you. those are your that's your time to share. Thank you. Well, Michelle, what is your favorite thing about doing comedy in DFW? Mm. 
Uh, let's see. My favorite thing right now is that I, I've got to see a lot of very talented females do comedy when, as somebody who went to comedy clubs and stuff a lot when we were younger, it was not very many women. And so I've got to see that a lot of women do comedy in Fort Worth. And I think that's pretty cool. Awesome. That is very cool. That's, I, I feel like I should have paid you to say that because that is what we're trying to do with Claws Out is to uh, unite women and get a stronger voice with all of us on the same platform. Yeah. So I'm very happy that you're a part of it. Um, you know, this has been a really good episode. Do you want to break the news to her? Yeah. I, I don't want to break the news to her. I won't. Um, Michelle, I have terrible news. Awful news. Oh, no. I... I don't want to be the one to tell you, but Mana really doesn't want to be the one to tell you. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. You're dying. Yeah, you're dying. Uh, this right now, in this moment, you have about two minutes left to live. It's one forty if we keep doing it. I'm drag really it dragging this out. So now you have at this point sixty seconds, and then you go. got it. Uh, what are your, what is your, what is your, what do you leave the world? What's your legacy? What What's advice do you want to leave behind? What's the best advice someone's given you? What's the worst advice someone's given you? What? This is the just the tips section of our Got podcast. It. Best advice was probably don't take a cab on the island. It'll just drive you around in circles and get you lost. Um, and then worst advice was getting getting told that I should give uh, cap highlights in the mid nineties. And I had very gold highlights in my very dark colored hair all over my head. Well, now there's like totally 20, worst advice. There's like 20 seconds left. What do you want to leave behind? What's your advice? That's the advice you've been given. What, what do you impart? My to advice that I can you? give someone, um, be brave, be strong and do the things that make you scared. Fuck. Yeah. Hell yeah. We nailed it. We're hospice people. And you basically have, uh, you've succeeded. Guess what? You are so wise and brave. You did it. You live. Yay. Cool. That's a prize, I guess. (laughs) Had you already accepted your death? I misdiagnosed you. Wrong chart. My bad. You live. Have you ever had a doctor do that? I've had a doctor do that. What they misdiagnose? They go wrong chart. Wrong chart. Yeah. When I was getting this is unrelated, and I think we might be out of time. This might just be us talking. But I, uh, when I was getting my um, my gallbladder removed, this guy was he's very he's a very nice doctor, but he calls down at ER at a different hospital to let me know that I'm coming. Which I was like VIP. I'm getting a call ahead. Hell yeah! Uh, and then he was like. He read off all of this personal information and he hangs up the phone. He goes, do you have any questions? I was like, yes. Who is Kathy? And he was like, you're not Kathy. And I was like, no, I'm not Kathy. And he goes, hang on. Uh, And he's like, I looked at the wrong chart again. And I was like, hang on. You said again. Uh, This happened before. Does this happen a lot for you? Because I don't love that in a doctor. My phone number is on my chart. Mm. Yeah, so... No, I think I did have that happen once, uh, but it was, uh, it wasn't that they grabbed the wrong chart. It was, um, I had pneumonia and a temperature of 103 Ugh. and they were like, um, you're fine. And then I was like, uh, I can't breathe. And then they looked at the, the x-ray and they were like, no, no. Uh, the second doctor goes, no, do you see all of that? This cloud in her lung is, uh, that's, that's pneumonia. And then I couldn't, uh be outside for like six weeks. Mm. What's that? 
Real sad. But I loved it. you live. Well, Michelle, I'm very happy that you've been here with us today. Is there anything else that you, uh, any closing thoughts that you want to say? No, I'm done. I've got nothing else to say. Oh, here's my It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia beer. Oh, that's wonderful. Awesome. I did not and know that they were the making The gang that. goes to Dripping Springs. That's dope. So do you have any shows coming up? Anything you want to plug? I do not have any shows coming yeah, up. social I mean, media you want to share? Yeah, how can we follow you? hang out in my front yard. You, what? You, just cre- <laughs> you created a new Instagram account recently. What is it? Oh, I did. It's called Michelle Isn't Funny. <laughs> and it's mostly just where I share screenshots of things that people say to me on OkCupid and Tinder. I love that. That's amazing. I love that yeah. so much. And I'm going to follow that because I'm Ooh. an asshole and I'm not following it yet. Where's my phone? <laughs> All right. Well, that's I, it for me. Okay. You done? Thank I you think, for coming. I think so. Thank you so much for being here. Here's let's let's ask you one more question. What's Claws Out done for you? Man, um, it's introduced me to a lot of pretty 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 decent ladies, and um, has given me you know the opportunity to do something that I've probably wanted to do for the last twenty five years. So that's cool. That makes me really happy to hear. Thank you for staying, and thank you for answering our questions, and thank you for you know, being on your deathbed and living through it with us on the Claws Out Comedy Podcast. Someone tells me it won't be the first time. <laughs> or the last. We don't know that. We don't no, know. I said what I said. <laughs> we don't know anything. So thank you for being here today. We're going to uh, flip you around and let you talk to Jamie for a second if you want to. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.